0: Welcome to this special bonus episode. I'm Courtney Furwhite, Program Director and part of the Viziette Knowledge on the Go team. We recently listened to and loved this episode from our sister podcast channel, SG2 Perspectives, so much that we couldn't wait another week to share it. SG2 thought leaders Jamie Zage and Heidi Pandia discuss healthcare at home, and we know our listeners will appreciate their insights. Please join us for our next episode, where our own Dr. Joe Cummings and SG2's Andrew Rebhan will be talking about the role of technology for care at home.
1: This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. There's so much buzz around the hospital at home or the acute care at home. That's often the reason people want to jump in because they don't want to get left behind in the marketplace. But really, it's got to come back to What are your strategic whys as an organization?
0: Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Tori Ritchie. Today, we're going to discuss all things related to care at home, and I'm joined by two of our experts, Heidi Pandia and Jamie Zage. Before we dive in, let's set the stage. Can you describe the healthcare at home landscape, and what
1: exactly does that mean? That's an excellent place to start, Tori. There are so many different definitions, concepts, concepts services that are kind of bucketed in this care at home, health care at home, home-based care piece. We hear a lot of different terms out there as well. We've landed, I believe, on health care at home. It is everything from primary care, chronic disease management up through truly hospital acute-based care in the home and even the recovery side of that. There's all these flavors in between. There's a lot of buzz right now around infusion at home, skilled nursing at home. If you take a look at all that's going on in this space, it's what is there in the system of care that can't go into the home? The sky's the limit right now. Heidi, how you look at it and and how you talk about it with your clients.
2: I totally agree, Jamie. The hospital at home waiver is what brought and shed a lot of light on care in a home setting. But 100% I'm with you on there's so many other options and strategies around healthcare at home. It's been going on for many years. And a lot of organizations have been strategizing about what can they move into a home setting. You mentioned infusion at home, dialysis at home, really thinking about that system of care across the entire care continuum. What shed light on this was during COVID, we even went to virtual visits. And that's another place we're seeing a lot of growth in a care setting. And people don't always put that together and saying, oh, that's health care at home. But a virtual care visit sitting in the comfort of your home is just that. Think across that system of care and what care are you providing today that can be done in that home setting?
0: Makes a lot of sense. Can you walk me through what are those most common reasons that organizations are evaluating healthcare at home services?
2: I go back to what happened during the pandemic. A lot of organizations were really feeling the pressure for capacity. And that's a lot of when CMS really pushed and put out the waiver to do acute home-based healthcare and hospital at home. That is what a lot of organizations started to think about specifically going into that acute care at home setting. When we really take the step back and think about why organizations are starting to evaluate this, the place we're in the pandemic now, it may be in line with their value-based care strategies. And maybe, and I've talked to clients about this, a way to go into new service lines without actually building the bricks and mortar. Thinking around strategic growth, can you get into something such as inpatient rehab at home without building an inpatient rehab unit? I mentioned the value-based care and innovative payment models. Going back to that system of care, thinking about the 30-day post-acute stay and how are we managing the patient? How are we doing the remote patient monitoring, maybe even avoiding the patient ever going into the hospital to begin with? Really managing that overall care continuum for the patient is a way that we recommend organizations look at the opportunities and then tying it back to their strategic goals. I think that's number one. Jamie, I know you and I have talked about the shiny new and the hospital at home. So Jamie, love
1: your thoughts here. They see that shiny object. Everybody else in the market is talking about it. There's so much buzz around the hospital at home or the acute care at home. That's often the reason people want to jump in because they don't want to get left behind in the marketplace. Really, it's got to come back to what are your strategic whys as an organization? Take the care at home piece off of it and its growth, its value-based care, and it's a differentiated patient experience. Care at home can fit and fulfill all those different pieces. The growth piece, you talked about new markets. There's certainly the expanded capacity pieces and being able to move beds outside of the facility or avoid that utilization. The value-based care piece, there's so much potential for cost avoidance here. And then the patient differentiation piece, the consumerism angle. How do you tap into what the consumers want and their experience? When we start to get to a place in healthcare delivery, whether it's acute care or it's ambulatory care, care at home is a way to potentially differentiate how you deliver the services, how you meet the patients where they are, or in the case of those individuals who are challenged by their social determinant status, it's a different way to help create access. It can really be that approach to address the strategies you're trying to do and all the other aspects of what you're trying to build.
2: Jamie and I were recently talking to a member about access. It was less about capacity and more about that access. And I love that you touched on that because the consumerism side and meeting the patients where they want to be met. Across the board, we see patients are looking for that ease of access. They're looking for low cost and organizations to really be in their backyard as much as they possibly can. We don't want to get in the car and drive 30 minutes. Is there an easier way, especially when I'm managing a family or managing balancing with a job, whatever that may be. So thinking about meeting the patients where they need to be met, not just where they want to based upon their own experiences and their own needs and tying that back to how do we then grow access? How can we expand our footprint? How can we expand the service area we've traditionally defined by drive time into going further out and bringing care to patients in different communities? You don't have to do the bricks and mortar in those communities to bring your care and your brand to them.
1: The other thing that comes up when we talk about the strategic why and where both on the intelligence and on the consulting side, we always get the question, what's the ROI? how do we measure the success financially of this? And that always comes into play, whether it's growth or value-based care, there's a financial component to it. And the reality is for most of the care at home services, it's really challenging. And the more complex you get with hospital at home, the harder it gets to actually do a direct ROI until you can get to really a big scale, which is not easy to get to. You have to look at it in terms of some of the other cost avoidance pieces. You don't have to build more buildings or add more capacity from a physical plant perspective you may not need to pay top dollar for rented staff for your locum tenants and your traveling nurses and the like that may reveal cost offset that you can make the business case for that's why we talk a lot about value-based care in this space because if you're an organization who's taken a lot of risk or you've got your own insurance plan now you can say if we do this payment model in a way that keeps the organization as a whole driving that value agenda, then that's a win as well.
2: We get that question across intelligence, across consulting, and very specifically, what volume do I need to see to make this make sense? And I bring it back to what you said around the strategic why. There are so many different ways to calculate that ROI. From a capacity perspective, we think about the ability to transition some lower acuity patients outside of the hospital to a home-based setting, but then backfilling. And really utilizing those beds for tertiary, quaternary patients. That's one way. You're value-based and you're taking risk comment as well. I just always talk to clients about bringing it back to your strategic imperatives. What are you trying to achieve? And then let's think about how you track and monitor and calculate your ROI based upon the reasons for which you're even thinking about going down this path makes sense.
0: There are so many opportunities in this space, so many potential avenues to consider. If an organization is interested in adopting or expanding a healthcare at home program,
2: where do they start? How do you help them prioritize their various options? You're probably going to think I sound like just a broken record. I'm going to say go back to your why organizations are looking for us to say, think across your continuum and start in this very specific care at home space. And they want us to say, start with sniff at home or start with inpatient rehab at home. If that doesn't fit within the strategies and the strategic imperatives of an organization, we wouldn't recommend you start there. That's exactly what you said on prioritizing, Tori, and going back to what are you trying to achieve across your organization? What are your strategic imperatives? What are your strategies in place to help you get there? Now let's prioritize those strategies and opportunities and see where care at home fits into those strategies and prioritize those aspects. There's no one solution for every organization. So it's really hard to say, oh, everyone should start here. Everyone's in a different place across their overall strategic journey as well. So that answer really does vary based upon what an organization's trying to achieve, what they currently have in place, and where they're trying to go, and what return they are looking to get out of these types of strategies. That's my perspective. I wish I could say, like, here's the roadmap that fits for everyone. It's just not that simple. JB, we really
1: welcome you jumping over with your perspective there, too you touched on the importance of understanding your own organizational strengths as well. What are you already good at? What are you already doing that can be transferable to that care at home environment? Talk a lot about that digital infrastructure. And that really is a foundational piece to have all of that connectivity, to have internet access in the homes and the communities that you're serving, to think about how we're going to do remote patient monitoring and your capabilities there. All of that becomes foundational, but it's also about what staff you have, what skills they have, what other things can you put in place that can help to facilitate that care in the home environment. We also have to acknowledge that this is still a very state-by-state situation as well, especially in the acute care at home waivers. In California, where I live, the California Department of Health has extra layers of hoops that you have to jump through to get your waiver. A lot of other states do as well. And I'm beginning to hear too in some states that have actually expired their public health emergency that now you can't get a waiver in that state. You gotta also understand what's going on at the state level in terms of what the regulatory environment Is that's going to be bigger than you have the capacity to overcome at this point in time? Or what's going to be sort of those greasy wheels that you can just get moving on? There is a building block piece to this. You can start with something like home health and start to expand on that to provide recovery type services in the home that can help with those 30 day readmissions that can be in alignment with some of your chronic disease management type programs. Those types of things may be a really easy lift that get you into that space. But again, you got to look at what your assets are today, where you're playing, what your needs are in terms of what you're trying to do with your strategies.
2: Jamie I love that you touched on the workforce aspect because we know that is a reason organizations have looked at this as well. Jamie and I were recently on a call with an organization that was really focused more looking at the post acute at home and training up their workforce in that post acute at home to care for more acute the answer was really This is a portfolio solution as well. You've got to think back to that system of care. And it's exactly what Jim was saying in the building blocks around, you may do a couple components of this that really then fit together to help you achieve your strategy. I don't think it's just like one answer, one place to start. It all comes back to that why and what are you trying to achieve? And there's a lot of different answers for that based on the organization.
0: What do you think the long-term opportunity is here? What does the future look like for healthcare at home? Tori, we've debated this a
1: lot on our forecast work. We really do think that health care at home, care at home, it has legs. It's been around for a while, and we're going to see continued movement in this space. The pace of how things evolve and what elements, what types of services, whether it be primary chronic care, whether it be skilled nursing and other recovery at home, or whether it be hospital at home, is going to largely be tied to the policy changes and how we get paid for things. I was thinking about this the other day. Healthcare at home has been around for a while. The first pilots that Johns Hopkins did were back in the 90s in the acute care at home space and the house visits, doing doctor's visits in the home. That's not new. This is age old, but we're at a place where something happened that has really shown the light on it. And I think what happened during the pandemic is we moved where the light was to show us where the keys are so that now we can find the solution we've been looking for to help us achieve some of those strategies that we've been trying to get to.
2: Jamie, I love that. The pandemic absolutely accelerated a lot of the foundation here. And you talked about the digital and the virtual foundation that are truly enablers for this. And organizations adopted that really quickly. It shined a light here to where there's a solution that we can build upon in the right setting for the right reasons. We would always recommend that to organizations. It does have a long forecast to it These are not turnkey overnight solutions for organizations to implement. And I think that's important to think about as well. And there's definitely partnership opportunities and ways organizations can move to market faster. When you even think about the roadmap, and as we've worked with organizations to roadmap this out, you're looking at multi-year bills. Starting with that foundation, thinking about the right flow of the services and the offerings and how that fits in with their strategies. Some organizations may not actually be prepared to go forward for three to five years, even when they're starting now. And that's based upon their builds and where their focus is. It's important that we think about this is not an overnight solution, one thing that I recommend to clients is think about ways you can be proactive so you can start to build now, knowing that capacity can be a constraint. It's one reason organizations look at that shift to the care at home. So don't wait, I would say, to think about what your strategy is here until you're at that capacity constraint again. Great. Heidi,
0: Jamie, one last question for you. If there is one thing you want listeners to take
1: away from today's discussion, what is that? The most important thing is to think about this as a portfolio of care options that is an extension of everything else that you do to support the health and wellness of your community. The one thing to really be cognizant of is that we don't build point solutions in silos. We really need to be thinking about this holistically across the healthcare system so we don't make some of the same mistakes that we made when we stood up virtual health. We've been spending the last five years trying to figure out how to consolidate all of our great little solutions and make them all work together and be more efficient. And that in itself adds more cost, delays us actually getting to achieve the results that virtual health can get us. And we want to not go down that same approach with the care at home models. We really want to start with what you're trying to achieve. Think about how you can get there from a system perspective as opposed to a point solution perspective.
2: Jamie, I would just ditto what you said. It really is about not creating a single solution that's standalone, created in a silo, creating duplication. We've talked to organizations about governance structure across all of this as well. So think about that as you're developing your strategies. You're spot on from my perspective as well around this is portfolio. So stand back, ask your why. What are you trying to achieve? What are the right solutions? Make this a portfolio of solutions. Don't get caught up in the shiny new. Think about what's best for your organization and what helps you deliver on your brand, what you're trying to bring to the patients, the quality of the patient experience, bring all of that together, develop that portfolio of solutions that just delivers a better product and a better service to the patients at the end of the day.
0: Great. Well, Heidi, Jamie, thank you so much for joining today. This has been a great discussion. Thrilled that you could join SG2 Perspectives for this. If you want to hear Jamie, Heidi, and our other healthcare at home experts, be sure to join us for Exec Summit this coming July.
1: Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, or ideas for episodes, and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Vizient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at vizientinc.com backslash podcasts.